Hello and welcome to the Ccast. We are back for 2023, rejuvenated and ready to go. Um, exciting year of movies coming up this year. Um, but before we get started, Melissa Anthony, how are we doing so far in the new year? Oh, the new year has been good so far. <laughs> he, he popped this question on us. No, yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been good. It's been busy. Yeah, had a had a good break, a needed break, and like you said, I'm mm-hmm. rejuvenated and I'm ready to go. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, for today's episode, we are going to be jumping into Avatar The Way of Water. This film is directed by James Cameron, scored by Simon Fraglin, writers James Cameron, Rick Jaffa, and Amanda Silver. This film is starring Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, and Kate Winslet, with the super-duper long runtime of 3 hours and 12 minutes. Synopsis for this film, Jake Sully lives <laughs> with his newfound family formed on the exosolar moon of Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Natiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. So for those who forgot coming back into the new year, remember we have our rating system. So we're going to go over our five categories and based on these categories, we're either going to give it a full star or a half star. And the categories we have are general, acting, score, cinematography, and story. And so for our first category is going to be our general. And for the general is basically, you know, did you like it? Did you not like it? Would you see it again? Would you recommend it? Um, And so, Anthony, I'll start off with you. Uh, What did you give Avatar Way of Water in general? So for general, I I did give it a half star. Uh, We talked about it a little bit beforehand. I, I... Part of me feels like I would need to watch it again to, to like appreciate the things that were done well in this film. But overall, I enjoyed it. But as we'll get into, there are things that I, I didn't enjoy. It was fine. It was okay. Uh, great CGI, as we all expected. But overall, half stars. Kind of, it was it was all right. Okay. Yeah, Melissa, we'll go to you. I'm going to agree with Anthony. I'm going to give this a general score of a half star um I definitely have (laughs) some feelings about it um just like Anthony said like the CGI was great um but I think that there were enough things that were kind of distracting me throughout the movie to um really be able to dive in and just be immersed in Pandora the way that um I felt like I was in the first movie um so yeah yeah um and I'm going to go ahead and give it a full star here. Um, I was thoroughly entertained by the film, just in a general sense. Um, The CGI was tremendous, and I think I kind of benefited from having watched the first film the night before and then going out the next day and seeing the new one. There's a very big difference even between those films, and so to kind of see that evolution was really cool. Um, I did feel it was a little long. There were aspects of the film that definitely, I think, you know, could have been cut, um, you know, if I had to go back and nitpick it all, you know, maybe about 30 to 45 minutes of it probably could have been cut, in my opinion. Um, the story was a little basic, and, you know, the, bringing back the humans versus Navi again, um, you know, seemed like they kind of ran out of ideas to come up with a story for the second film. Um, but the CGI was good, and I was entertained. I didn't find that, you know, there were moments in the film where I was like, oh my god, get me out of here. Um but I'll end up giving it a full star. And going on to our next category, we'll go ahead into acting. And Melissa, we'll start with you on this. Uh, what did you give the acting for this? And, you know, having seen some of those videos you sent to us before we went ahead and recorded this, it definitely seems like the actors did a lot more than just, you know, acting on camera. There was a lot more stunts and things done behind the scenes. Um, but Melissa, what did you give uh, acting? Um, I'm kind of on the fence when it comes to the acting score. Um, I gave it a half star, maybe full. Um, but there were, there were a few things that I am considering when it comes into giving the score. Um, and some of this may kind of go into general, but when it comes to casting, if we're going to talk about, if we're going to jump right in, um, and talk about my true feelings, I... I felt like a little frustrated feeling like I am again watching people, not people 
who are non-colored people playing very obviously um, ethnic roles. We cannot pretend that the Navi are not depicted in the way that Native Americans are or that the new water tribe that we are introduced to are very obviously like Pacific Islanders being headed by Kate Winslet. You know, um, we have characters with the names of Kiri, Neytiri, Loak, Neteyam, not necessarily with everybody being, you know, portrayed by somebody who is either ethnically ambiguous or an ethnic person, a person of color. And that's something that I that I struggle with sometimes. I, I wish that we were more used to casting ethnic people in ethnic roles. Um, but I also am conflicted in that because watching the behind the scenes and understanding what these actors had to go through, the stunts that they were doing, a lot of this filming had to be done underwater. Um, and they went through a lot of like breathing exercises, training with people who basically train Navy SEALs to be able to go underwater and, you know, fully immerse themselves in this massive tank, holding their breath, um, you know, for six minutes, apparently Kate Winslet like broke a record holding her breath for seven minutes and 14 seconds. That's insane. And you have to have incredible skill. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I don't hold these actors in very, very high esteem because I absolutely do. Um, but I, I, my desire for us as an entertainment business is to widen the net that we cast when casting so that we are considering more people of color to play ethnic roles. Even if, you know, there's obviously the argument that all, all of the people on Pandora are blue or like a slight green, like color isn't necessarily a thing because not at least, you know, they're aliens. They're not, it's not the same as, you know, what we experience in our reality. However, we cannot pretend that these native peoples are not styled after very real native communities and cultures in the land that in the world that we live in today. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, struggling with the whole Pocahontas story, um, where also Pocahontas might, might as well be white, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, like all that, all that being said, you know, the actors really did have to go through a lot and spent, you know, two years training and and uh filming this movie and a lot needs to be said for that absolutely but um i still despite that and as much respect as i have for the craft and working with 3d um or excuse me with you know a lot of cgi set and everything i'm still going to give it a half star yeah i I will uh I'll add a little a little wrinkle. You know, so you were saying that uh, because they're blue and green, that you know color isn't really a thing. It's actually, and I have to give a shout out to uh, my friend. You know who you are, who uh, brought up the fact that often either black or other people of color, if they're not depicted as black, they are depicted as blue. An immediate one that can come to mind is Megamind. Like he's blue, but he's definitely black. Um, or Soul. Or soul, yeah, exactly. Anyone who's paying attention knows what's happening, um, and, and it goes mm-hmm. beyond just the mannerisms and the culture. It, it's it also is in the literal skin color that they choose. I mean, not to mention half of all those people were in dreads or box braids. Come right? On. Yeah, we, we got Jarhead Jake in dreads. Come on, like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess to, to get into my like my actual acting take. Um, because of all the training that they had to go through and the performance that they did put on underwater uh, with so many different cast members as well, I am giving them a full star um, just because I think they deserve huge kudos for all the work that they put in. And Sigourney Weaver at 71 was like doing stunts basically. Um, so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a full star. Uh, pioneering probably a lot of techniques that uh, I, I would not be surprised if we see similar things carry on in the rest of the industry. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for this category, I'm actually going to go with a half star. Um, and for me, it, it, it was difficult to judge this category simply because I wasn't sure how much was CGI and how much was actually the actors and actresses. Um, obviously, having seen some of the behind the scenes videos, uh, these actors and actresses did a bunch um, physically, both on land, underwater, you know, having to deal with, you know, the CGI suits. Um, so I definitely give them a lot of kudos to that. Um, but how much of that was transferred from, you know, the behind the scenes to the actual film? I, I don't know. I'm not the tech expert. I'm not the film, you know, guru who knows. Oh, okay. That was definitely, you know, that was 90% actor and, you know, only a hand bit of CGI that just helped touch it up. Um, so for that, I felt like it was difficult uh, for me to judge that. So I just ended up giving it a half star. Um, the voice acting I thought was very good and, you know, the way they can kind of, the actors and actresses, you, you know, other than Jake to really show their accents from speaking, you know, the native tongue that the Navi speak and then speaking English, you can very much tell, oh, it wasn't their native tongue. So for that, I'll give them credit. Um, but beyond that, you know, I, I just didn't know how much of it, you know, was actually, um, what they did in person and to just go off of some of the commentary you guys gave and this may be more so tied in you know with the story of it but when it comes to the casting of it i you hear some of the big names you know you're bringing back zoe saldana obviously she's a main character but bringing back sigourney weaver right and you know she was someone who had died off you could have definitely found another person to play her younger daughter um potentially a person of color Someone that, you know, could relate a little bit more to, um, you know, maybe the past history and having deep being an ethnic person, you know, being attacked by, you know, like the human race and um, something along those lines. You bring in Kate Winslet, right? Um, it very much felt like they were trying to grab big names to make this, you know the big blockbuster hit that they really wanted, right? And to get the big money draws, like, ooh, they brought in Kate Winslet for this. Oh, they brought back Sigourney Weaver. Um, and perhaps in doing so, they really missed the chance to tell a deeper story and go deeper into mm. the Navi. Not that they didn't. I think they did a good job, and we'll get into that in the story part of it, in terms of, you know, showing how the, you know, the Water Tribe was different um, from the Navi from the forest. But... It definitely felt that, you know, they kind of shorted out on the story and was kind of hoping the CGI would bail them out a little bit. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to our uh, next category. But before we do, and I can't let it slide, man. You're just really going to go out here and name, not name the friend? Oh, I, I, I don't know <laughs> if she wants to remain anonymous or not, but... It's okay. Well, we'll go ahead. Shout out to the anonymous friend. We appreciate your support. Moving on to our next category, the score. Anthony, coming right back to you. You are our designated score expert here. Uh, what did you have for the score here? So I, I gave the score a half star. I thought it was it was a good score. It was compelling, brought all the right emotions. Uh, some of this ties in with the story, as I think a lot of our points end up doing. Um, I've spoken previously and said that what makes a good score is one that gives you time to breathe and that when you step away from the literal storytelling with dialogue and action and just kind of get an overview and the score kind of ramps up and you just kind of feel the emotion that that is one thing that I appreciate about a score and what I think makes a good score. This movie definitely had that. I think it had a little too much of that. The amount of times that we had some big moment where you're looking at a character and something else like they're flying or the scene with the sun and the like the whale thing when they do their little t-pose in the water the score did its job in highlighting those moments but it wasn't quite at that next level for me to give it a full star okay yeah and i'll have to agree with you i i gave it a half star as well uh, and you know the phrase i use for it solid not memorable right it, it it fit yeah. the theme, you know, it didn't make the movie worse, but I, I'm, I'm not writing <laughs> home about it. Uh, Melissa, how about you? 
Honestly, I basically said the exact same thing. I gave the score a half star, and my only note was, there was nothing too memorable for me to even note. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that sounds about right. And that's going to wrap it up for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just to to add something positive, it did carry the same feeling and like thematic vibes from the first movie and Mm -hmm. so like immediately from the opening credits i was like okay yeah i know where we are so it was consistent i'll I'll give it that Yeah. yeah i think it was it was definitely consistent i can agree with you on that i just think that you're you're right in the way that you said that a good score gives you time to breathe um and i don't necessarily think that this score did it to the point where it was like every moment was so epic that Like, there are no peaks without valleys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not everything can be epic for three and a half hours. (laughs) Because when it happens like that, I don't remember what was the most epic because everything was epic. Mm. And that's why we are where we are. Well, all I know is I can't wait till we get to the score section in Interstellar. That is going to be a hot topic in conversation because that's that's an all-time score for me. But we'll, we'll... get into yeah, that I, I yeah i there. might have to restrain myself from going too deep <laughs> hey i'll be right there with you all, good. <laughs> all right we're gonna all block right. out 30 minutes for that <laughs> yikes uh, all right so melissa we'll come back to you for the cinematography uh what did you think about it? i mean the cgi was obviously a big part of this but and you know the, a lot of the behind the scenes camera work seemed kind of crazy but what did you think about the cinematography um here's what i will say I don't know about you guys, but I saw the film in 3D. Um, I don't think that I saw the first one in 3D. Um, It's been quite a few years, as we all know, um, since actually seeing it in the theaters. But I will say I don't think that this film needed to be seen in 3D. I actually didn't want to see it in 3D, and I don't think that the 3D added to it by any means. However... um, in this category, I will give the cinematography a full star. It, I mean, the world of Pandora is absolutely breathtaking. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie was that they gave us a different view. Um, everything being underwater and, you know, we got so used to like the, the mystical, magical animals that were like connected with Ewa and the world on land but then seeing how much more different they could be under the water just like that was the part that was the most enthralling to me and I absolutely loved that and I completely chalk that up to CGI um, and to the cinematography as well Um, and also knowing like one of the videos that I watched to kind of get a little bit of background on how the movie was made um, they actually had to create different types of cameras just to be able to capture the footage underwater um, based on, you know, not being able to focus a certain type of camera underwater versus the ones that had a really good focus were just way too heavy to be used underwater. Um, not being able to capture the 3D movement of the actors' faces while being underwater. They had to literally just, like, build a new camera to make sure that this can happen. Um, and then the world that they created around that after you know getting through all those obstacles when it comes to filming it was still absolutely breathtaking for anybody who hasn't seen it you really don't need to spend 25 dollars to see it in 3d because it will be just as absolutely incredible in 2d maybe do imax i would splurge for imax absolutely um but yeah i i was i was thinking if they made a video game that was open world like zelda but it was the world of pandora you would never see me again it's in development like i i would explore that to the deepest oceans and to the highest heights (laughs) like that would be incredible incredible so yeah cinematography gets a full star from me it is definitely that game is definitely coming down the pipe so now we know what to get you for your birthday it's going to be a gaming console yeah um and Thank yeah, you. Melissa, I'm going to completely agree with you that I'm going to give it a full star as well. Um, and the reason I give it a full star is that it feel, felt like the cinematography and the CGI was honestly the whole point of the film. It was less about, the, you know, the story and, you know, what they were trying to tell. And it felt like a showcase for, hey, look at how cool and realistic we made this look. 
and mm-hmm. look at all of the cool scenes and look how we created Pandora with the lights, uh, how we were able to bring life, you know, underwater, how we were able to film all this underwater. It felt like the film was very much just a showcase for the crew and how they were able to put it together, which, hey, if that's how they wanted to do it, I'm not complaining. It, it, it was phenomenally done. The graphics were amazing, um, better than the first one. Again, kudos to the actors and actresses, the way they were able to, you know, act and perform underwater and out of water, like the transitions in and out were all very, very good. And, you know, the one question I want to ask for you guys is, you know, what other films can we really compare to? uh, Can we compare Avatar to? I mean, when I think about films that do CGI well, you know, you got like your Transformers and stuff like that. But that's, you know, Michael Bay very much just about big you know just violence right like it's just nonsense um but there aren't a lot of films like this i mean you can go over to like pixar and you know you got your incredibles you got your into the spider-verse and things like that um but in terms of you know high quality cgi films that tell a compelling story and obviously we'll get into the story later on but tell a compelling serious story that isn't you know super kid focused are there many films like this? You know, what what can we really compare this to? Marvel. Oof. Yeah, I I think you're Star right. Star Wars. I, uh, yeah, I, ooh, even even then, I I don't know that Star Wars is the best comparison because like there's a lot of really good world building and and environment showcasing in a lot of the like action scenes of Star Wars. But right. in the in the smaller, more person to person moments, it's still very human uh, mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. what I, what I will say is normal. Um, you know, you could say like a, more of a classic set environment. Um, and they maybe, go back to they use puppets now again, right? Like a lot yeah. of what uh, John Favreau's done in like Mandalorian, instead of CGI and everything, they actually put people in costumes and puppets so that it right. is very much that human interaction with a thing they're looking at, not I'm just staring into the corner of the room where there's a camera. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, and then one thing that they do that kind of is maybe reminiscent of this movie, at least for the Mandalorian, is that they use the volume, basically like a whole panel of LEDs and then they project the like background or basically the LEDs light up into the background and then they use a physical camera to shoot the actors and then this lit up background and then they use like game engine technology to like distort everything to get the right parallax effect uh, and it creates a much more real looking environment without having to do all the CGI work afterwards. Um, but mm. again, to kind of answer Alex's question, that's different, right? That, yeah, that's, that's trying true. to get the realness without the cgi to help speed up you know development speed up shooting reduce the cost um to to get something that feels real and i think it shows that this is very different right a a lot of it because it is a fictional world and they're leaning into that whereas i think star wars it's fictional but also feels very real in a different sense um so i think it's almost two different kind of goals and agendas um that they have and so I, i yeah i don't know that there's really anything else like it I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, despite the story being what it is, I think people still say they enjoy the movie because they understand that you're not going into it for the best story. You're going it into it to be stunned by the visuals. And it did that. Um, yeah. As for my rating of the cinematography, uh, I'm, I'm starting to kind of uh, doubt my rating a little bit in that I, I was separating out, uh, kind of as we had talked before, CGI from cinematography. Um, because those aren't the same thing, and, and maybe we just need to decide whether or not we're going to include them in one another, because I think for, uh, for like Doctor Strange, I don't think we included that, really. Um, I see this entire movie as much more visual storytelling with the CGI, rather than considering that to be cinematography. Um, at the same time, I don't really have a good definition and awareness of cinematography, so maybe it <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't separate those two. Um, but I, I gave the cinematography a half star just because everything is CGI and I, I loved that, but I think it's much more visual storytelling than it is kind of the craftsmanship of cinematography. Uh, and there were some, some cuts between scenes again, maybe it comes to do with the story, but it felt a little, uh, abrupt 
uh, just kind of the way that you know you would yep. have this nice moment and then would fade to black and then you'd get you know your next scene. It it, it felt like kind of a, a weird like tone break uh, in the mm. film, a little bit of like a discontinuity there. Um, so again, that's maybe a bit of the story, but uh, yeah, half star uh, in the cinematography category from me. Yeah, Melissa, anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I I guess I did want to clarify when I did bring up Marvel and Star Wars, it wasn't necessarily saying that I would compare that to the world that Avatar has created because I wouldn't. I think the only thing that could hold a candle is like the Marvel Universe and maybe Star Wars because they are the biggest franchises that we've seen like really use a lot of cinematography. Maybe Lord of the Rings can be up there as well. However, um it's not even close to what Avatar has done, where literally everything and everyone, except for Spider, <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> is animated yeah. and CGI at all times, um, which is not the case. Like, m- like in Lord of the Rings, obviously we know like a lot of that was just like filmed out in what New Zealand. Um, <laughs> And again, Anthony, you went into depth describing how Star Wars is filmed. We know that Marvel, you know, each movie is different, but you're right. They're like actual people in a costume with a blue screen behind them and everything around them is CGI, but it is hugely different to have even all of the people and the actors CGI constantly the entire time. Like that, that is an insane feat. And you're right there. There is, there is nothing like it. There truly isn't. Yeah, and and I do want to add that everything is so natural looking, and I know yeah. Alex, you said sometimes it was hard for you to tell whether it like they added CGI to like facial expressions and stuff. I I don't know that they really needed to because of the motion capture, and so I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so compelling is because mm. they, they captured all of the small things. Like there was a moment where uh you know Jake he he looks up uh and, and says you know, I thought I lost. Like, I thought I almost lost them. And, and like, there was just a, a subtle shift in his eyes and probably some of the wateriness, you know, they added in, in post. But but I don't know. It was just there was a subtle kind of change in his face uh, mm-hmm. that it was it was very slight, but it, like, it resonated. Um, That's, like, the, the minute nuances of human expression, which yeah. is just... Yeah, Beautiful. and I think they were really able to capture that, and that's that's not something you can animate very well. Uh, I mean, you look at any video game; uh, it's, that's a really, really difficult thing, even with as far as technology has gotten, uh, to to not stay in the uncanny valley. And and it, this movie was definitely not that. All the fluidity mm-hmm. underwater was very natural. Even the way people's faces, like you know, swung back when they were being pulled through the water. I think that's because they actually used like little jetpack looking things. So they probably literally just like shoved people through the water and recorded their faces flapping around. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it was, it was cool from that perspective. I feel like every time something like that happens, the only thing I can think about is Tarzan when he jumps off the waterfall when he's a little kid and he goes, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tarzan, absolutely. Shout out Tarzan. At the end of the day, Tarzan probably better than this film, but. <laughs> hey, the, and the score, moving right the score, along to story. Way better. The hey, score, the score is way though? better. Oh my the god! Score, though, can you show me? I want hey. to know Collins about the went so like hard me. for us. He went so hard. <laughs> hey, don't mess with my boy Phil Collins now, okay? No, we're putting we're putting respect on his name. No, he comes we're putting, with. We're putting, the bangers and <laughs> listeners if you don't know who phil bangers collins is every time take some time out of your day right now and go hit up some <laughs> phil collins go listen to that tarzan hit up that brother bear Ooh, yes Ooh. <laughs> boy i know what i'm listening to after this podcast done oh my god <laughs> go phil collins boy yes no he goes hard he didn't need to but he, he did to, but he, he did, did it for us he didn't need to he did right? it for it's us. a kids film bro chill nope bangers <laughs> Field Collins has no chill. <laughs> no chill. Love it. All right. Well, moving on from Phil Collins, we're going to go now into the story portion of the film. And this seems like this is going to be where we really get into the meat and bones of the film. Um, and so I'm going to kick us off here. For the story, I went ahead and gave it a half star. And it, I'm going to start here. To me, it felt like this the story and what they were telling and portraying to us it felt like 
the story that you sh- they should have done for the third film. And I'll explain that. Mm. To me, bringing back the humans again so quickly felt lazy. And obviously, the way the first one ended, you kind of got the sense that the humans are going to come back, right? I mean, you killed the majority of them, and then you sent the ones that, you know, are trying to save Earth home. Obviously, they're going to want to come back to try to get the resources again and to, you know, get their foothold back. To me, that feels like something you can do for the third one, right? And if you want to bring back, you know, the old general who had died and is now reborn but in an avatar body, that felt weird to me. If they wanted to do that for the third one, I could understand that. But mm. to me, I felt like they missed the opportunity to dive deeper into Pandora and really showing us, you know, the depths and levels of the Navi people and really tell a compelling story about jake and his transition from you know being a human to being a navi right and i understand they kind of skipped through some of that you know in the first one obviously there was a big time gap you know from the time he had started you know undercover and then obviously he learned and fell in love with a navi and ended up you know fighting for their cause but it, it felt to me like they needed to go more into that again and they tried to do that with you know the water tribe and Parts of it worked, but uh, the constant, you know, hunt from by the humans, it just felt like they were tagging on from the first movie. Um, I like that they focused on the kids. I thought that was a nice piece. Um, I felt like they there was one too many kids. I felt the youngest daughter didn't really need to be there. Um, I, she didn't really add any level of you know complexity or nuance to the story it just kind of felt like she was there to be captured at the end and you know oh we got to go back and save another one like she was the only one who couldn't really fight so I was like okay we need her there to someone to save um and that i wish they would have gone deeper into kiri um which is sigourney weaver's character yeah. i felt like she should have been the main character of the second film um i really like her spiritual connection to the planet and that kind of unspoken connection to Awa and to the, you know, plants and animals around her that no one really understood. Not even, you know, the uh, religious ladies within the Navi kind of didn't understand like, Oh, this, this girl's a little off and we don't know what that's about. I really wish they would have dove deeper into that and kind of had, her connection play a bigger role obviously yeah. it did you know ended up saving her family so there was that um but i would have loved to see her you know almost have the like heroic moment that we got in the first one where all the animals kind of came to the aid of the navi people to fight i, I wish she would have had something along that level where it's like wow she kind of saved all of us and really set her up to be something big and important going forward um I felt that that was a missed opportunity. They just kind of had her be the weird kid who had the connection. And so for me, that it, it felt unfinished. Like they were trying to go there, um, but just fully um, couldn't fully commit to it. Um, and then the final thing I'll add is, you know, I really liked that they created and, you know, I'm forgetting the name of the creatures, but the whale creatures that ended up having more intelligence than humans. I thought that was a very interesting aspect to the story that they chose to tell. And I thought it was brilliant because, you know, I don't think most people would think of, you know, an animal that is like a whale as being smarter than us and having the ability to communicate and to have feelings and, you know, to feel deeply. I thought that was a brilliant piece and something that, you know, is unique to Pandora and something that, maybe we take advantage of even in our own planet with the animals around and, you know, how we treat our own world and that, you know, the Navi people are very much connected with the world around them. And that's what Sigourney Weaver's character was trying to portray in the first one. And that again, they try to portray here that they have a connection with their animals and that, you know, they're even friends when the mother one died and, Kate Winslet's character felt deep sorrow. I thought that was a very powerful moment in that, wow, you know, she mm-hmm. she really felt for this thing. And it yeah. to us, it was like, oh, you know, you get it, like, maybe she lost a pet. But no, it was deeper than that. It was 
a friend. And so I thought that was something that they did really well. Um, but overall, it, it it felt like they were hanging too much on, um, couldn't find a way to create a new villain or create a new storyline. It was still very much, you know, Jake and his family running around, um, fighting humans all over the planet, <laughs> getting the Navi unnecessarily killed. Um, how he went from wanting to save anyone from getting hurt and only protecting his family to literally going and getting other people hurt trying to save his family. Like, it it, it was a little sloppy and felt like they were clinging on to the first film. Um, so that's my thoughts. Um, Anthony, Melissa, which one of you would like to go first? Or second, I guess, now. I guess I if I can, I'll jump in because I have... I kind of have some hot takes that were just my initial reactions. Ooh, uh, hot takes. Kinda... I thought I thought Phil Collins was as spicy as we was gonna get. Oh no Ooh, no 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 no. Oh I guess my dear I'll, cousin. I... <laughs> <laughs> there are some hot takes to be had. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are. Uh, I I, I want to agree with some things that you said, uh, Alex. I think there there could have been a lot more expo- exploration into Kiri's character. Um, it would have. Uh, I feel like they were trying to tell too many stories, right? Yes. Like they yes. focused so much mm-hmm. on the kids that we didn't get any real story about Jake or Natiri or their or their relationship together. Um, <laughs> and just a sidebar, I don't remember anybody's names other than Jake, Natiri, and Kiri. Cannot yeah. remember the rest of them dudes' names. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to look it up right now. Um, like they I, were got the I got him, I got him. It's of... Loak and Netayem and Tuk is okay. the little one and Kiri yeah we know okay so I think Loak is the younger son yeah uh, he was I just he called was... him second son first son that's all I call him right yeah yeah <laughs> so, so they were trying to tell the story of like you know the second son who you know dad doesn't like because he messes up and is trying you know they, they were going through that whole arc and they were trying to tell the story of the girl who's misunderstood who got this spiritual connection and they were trying to tell the story of like the whole family which, like, understandably, you have to tell the individual stories in order for the family to feel meaningful. And, and I think they started to do that, but I think they were just maybe trying to tell the story, or they're trying to tell too many stories. Uh, and Alex, to your point, I, I think, yeah, having this as the third film and using the second one to kind right. of build the family together more would have been much more interesting yeah. and a much deeper story. Um I think like having Kiri be the one to mesh with the whale creature would have almost made a lot more sense. Uh, it would yes. have connected her character a lot more. Yes. Um, okay. That that's kind of the the direct follow up to to your stuff. Uh, my hot takes, my my initial go. feelings. Uh, the credits rolled and I started laughing. Oh wow! <laughs> like like giggling to myself and I was like, Wow! This was th- this was the same movie. It's yes. the same. It's the same movie all over again. We had yes. the whole intro into the planet, like like it's the, <laughs> it's the same movie, but like out of order, right? Right. So slightly so, less narration by Jake. Slightly yeah. less. Yeah. Slightly less narration, but yeah. they didn't like. There was no reason for him to be narrating this time, nope. which I like. I I don't I don't I don't really care about that, but I just noticed I was like, there ain't no reason he has to be narrating this in his <laughs> right. super like military voice. Uh, <laughs> like I was like I was. Yes. That's what. That's why like. <laughs> I, I think they, they call him Jarhead Jake, I think in the or he says he's from the Jarhead clan, right? So I'm calling him Jarhead yes. Jake. Like Jarhead Jake, I, I'm sorry, just as a character, it, it, it kind of like very 2012. Uh, he's very flat, very flat, very very flat. Uh, a little bit of depth. I mean, you know, in that he was he he seemed like he was going to be a good dad, and then the war came, and then he turned into military commander dad, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I was like, okay, you know, that's, it's cheesy, it's a, man. It's cheesy. Like he would have grown as a man and as a person living and having a family in that sort of culture where they're very much tied to the world. Like he wouldn't have the same uh, hoorah, like in him, like, yeah, you know, they say, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yes. And like, he would have changed a little <laughs> bit. Um, he still yeah. would have been able to bring the heat. He still would have been able to get the job done. He still would have mobilized the family, still would have gone to war, all those things. But he'd be a little, I think he'd be a little different. Um, anyways, we had the first, I don't know how long, 20 minutes of reintroduction. And then we have like an hour in the middle of the same adjusting to culture, learning the ways of the water tribe that Jake had in the beginning. And they stole like half of the lines. 
from the first yep. movie. It was the same thing. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be like a baby, right? Like, it's like the same, yep. it's the same thing. And, then I, and then, I, then I looked it up, and apparently all four sequels, so, so there's going to be three more movies after this. Wild. All wild. four of the sequels to the original Avatar movie were written between 2012 and 2015. All Yikes. four of them. Well, and so I'm they're th- basing it off the cartoon too, because we already got the airbenders and the trees, water, and then I heard the next oh. one was fire. So uh, we right, yeah, Earth exactly. after that, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just right? let me know like, when we find the blind avatar who can earthbend, and then <laughs> right. shout out my girl Toph. Like, right, it's gonna be. Some... What are we on right now, bro? Right, where's the fire lord? I mean, we saw the fire right. lord coming in. No, we yeah, we know we know the fire lord. It's old boy. <laughs> It's the oh colonel. Is yeah, that's who he is. Uh, and, and also, I'm like, if this is the sort of storytelling that we're getting, we have to sit through three more of these. Like, I'm yeah. gonna poke Facts, my, bro. I'm gonna poke my eyes out. Bro, <laughs> three hours for basic story. And, Come on. And Alex, to your point uh, of, of bringing in Avatar: The Last Airbender, this this movie, this is this is my take. They took the first movie, and they're like, well, we can't we can't just take the same movie and really do it over again. We have to mix it up a little bit. So they changed the unobtainium to the whatever serum from the whale, which they spent right. five it's seconds right. talking about. Five. <laughs> oh, man. It's called Amrita, by the way. Amrita. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. They spent like just, half a second talking about that. Uh, and then they were like, okay, but what if we also took like the sort of thing that Wakanda Forever did? With like having some some sort of like you know ethnic matching between you got the Navi and you got the Water Tribe people. Let's try to do a little bit of that. And so like they did that, but again, it's all non-ethnic people, so it's like it feels a little bit strange. And then they're like, okay, we need we need like one extra thing to add to make it seem like we didn't copy the homework from the first one. So let's <laughs> let, so let's take Janora from Legend of Korra, right? How she had this really cool spiritual connection and was kind of OP and just like was able to come and save the day at the end. Let's do that, and that's Kiri. It's the yep. same thing. Yeah, man, like, like copy my homework, just, you know, change up the letters a little bit and make sure you get like one wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got. I was laughing because it was the same thing again in, in a different order. And so I'm that, I'm kind wow. of dreading the other movies. I will watch all of them. Because yeah. uh, they're, they're going to be gorgeous. Um, right, <laughs> but, right. Okay, well, that was, that was definitely a hot take. I... I did not get laughing when I walked out, but okay, that's a hot take. Uh, I guess. I guess. Sorry. I should. I should. I should explain why. So I. I had seen this movie after a few of my friends had seen it, and I asked them how it was, and they said CGI is great as you expect. Story pretty mid. So so make sure you go in, not expecting like a good story, and you'll enjoy the movie. And so it's funny. I I went in with the right expectations. But also, I was just paying attention to the story because I was like, how yeah. mid is this story going to be? And so I was like chuckling at all the super corny parts and all the times that they just took from the old movie. Uh, and that's why I kind of said at the top that I think I would need to go back and watch it a second time to really appreciate the CGI and like what the things that they did well. Because I was looking at like how flat is this story <laughs> most of mm. the time. That's why I was laughing at the end. It was flat. It was if mid could be mid, that's what it was. That's that's what we're dealing with. All right. Well, yeah. Melissa, we we got laughing for Anthony's hot take. Did you come out like booing or kicking and screaming when you left? Uh, uh, no, I was us? crying. I was crying when I left, and that's only because I am an emotional person, um, and only because they killed off the oldest boy. Oh, spoiler well, alert! They killed off the bo- the oldest boy right at the end. <laughs> No, um, hey, I, I'm right there with you. That was that was emotional. I'll give him that. That was rough. That was rough. I mean, also, I was sitting like two seats away from my boyfriend's mother, and she was weeping, and I was weeping, and it was like, oh, babies. All, oh, yeah. All it takes is one old lady to make you start crying. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, I, I, will, I will say, <laughs> though. It just goes I, down I, the line. I totally saw that coming because they, they, oh, yeah. te- they were teeing up for a while, and I was like, one of these boys got to die. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, if one of these boys doesn't die, this is a terrible story. <laughs> oh i didn't even get my rating i i gave it no stars <laughs> oh a no Yikes. star on the story i gave, wow. I gave it no star okay that why wow. so that's Yikes. yeah part that's part of the follow-up of the hot take Jeez, no star yeah yeah wow. so okay. i think i think i was considering giving it a no star 
I might still, I don't know. Right now I have half star. We'll see how I feel at the end of this. <laughs> um, but to me, I mean, it, it, we've, we've said all of the like main things. It just, the story was dry. It was a copy paste. They changed a few exclamation points here and there. They added an extra paragraph and that basically was it. Um, I think to have the exact same villain in the second film just yes, basically well. reincarnated into a blue avatar was lackluster. It was not yes. exciting. It wasn't terrifying. It wasn't even expected. It was just Preach. what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and like I think Alex, you're absolutely right. If um if the story was about Kiri, I I would have loved that. I actually think that she is the most interesting character out of the entire movie. I don't care if old boy died. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like <laughs> she is the most interesting person. But can we talk about the fact that she's basically Pandora's um, version of Jesus Christ? Loki. I mean, That's what I was, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Like, I, mean, I like didn't really want to go about, there, but yeah. But, but I mean, listen, they're they're like you know very parallel with the story of Jesus here. You know, we've got the immaculate Mysterious conception, virgin birth, yeah, virgin birth. I mean, is she alive? It's not even like. I mean, Sigourney Weaver's character, her spirit, they were trying to transfer her into her avatar, but she yep, had to go basically yep. through Awa to get yep. into the avatar body. She didn't make it, so she is now with God, if you will. I mean, Awa is the reversal of Yahweh. She's literally with God. And then somehow something goes into her avatar's body, but not her soul, not her brain. Now her avatar is in almost a vegetative you know, state and then gives birth to this child with no father, immaculate conception. And mm. now this daughter has an intense connection with God, Awa, more so than literally anybody else on the planet. Everyone thinks that she's weird because she can like communicate with nature in a way that nobody else can. She breathes with the actual ground. Like it's crazy and i think it's awesome and yes she comes and she is the savior by being able to like call on not i don't want to say the spirits but call on the animals to like protect herself and her family and mm -hmm. people so yeah like having a story about could you imagine if the story was about cutie basically realizing that like she she's the avatar all, that she is the avatar. <laughs> like, She's the avatar. But, but seriously, that she yeah. is the spiritual like connection. Right. Exactly. She is Kiyoshi. Like, but how much of an interesting story would that be? So much better. So much more. But instead, this is the story that we got, which you're right, like had absolutely no focus. I mean, there was just like, here's all these people to introduce. Here's a little bit of about them. Here's other people to introduce. Here's a little bit about them. Here's the same character so that you don't get too confused as to like who these people are. And it's just the same people. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's the same people. Just focus on these other people. Also, Spider's around. Who knows who he... Like, can we talk yeah, about bro. Spider? Like, why was he what there, was, bro? What was the impact of his role? He's the None. love interest of of what, The love interest? <laughs> what? Oh there's a there, there's a little bit oh, of uh, there's absolutely a little bit of a love connection yeah. there. There is, but like if that's what if that's why they cast him, no, on, no, you could have cut out thirty minutes. Oh my uh, god, and saved us all. I mean, a trip if, to the bathroom. If, <laughs> if like <laughs> the impact that he had was just to basically be a translator, right? That sucks. That no, it was horrible. Write him out. It like we didn't really care enough about him or about the colonel to care about the conflict that they had. There's not right. enough there for it to really, really make sense. And like the whole time he was wearing that mask and like, didn't dude need to eat? Like <laughs> all he does is hang around the Navi like, like, bruh, you gotta get hungry, right? Like, I guess like, like he just pops it off so you throw some nuts in his mouth and keeps it pushing. <laughs> But also, like, they were able to create all of these blue avatars for the colonel and all of his dead people to come back. Why can't they create a body for him? Right. This poor kid, can't, like, doesn't even want to hang around the humans. You and know, I wonder, he, like, wants to, it, he wants to be with the Na'vi. Let him be with the Na'vi. Make him a the little whole blue body. The whole time I thought he was actually going to, like, evolve and almost his 
because he hung around the Navi so much, maybe his body was going to like adapt to the air and he was going to yeah. be able to breathe in both. Yeah. I thought they were going to go for like something like that and that he was going to have, you know, like some physiological like, yeah, impact. <laughs> right. Yeah. Swim underwater. He could breathe. I was like, whoa, like the humans can adapt. Like I thought he was going to have some impact, but no. Right. He they could have had give him bending abilities. I mean, I mean, uh, the ability to be an Navi. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, no, the seriously. Could, like the only been, it could have been Kiri going around to all the different spirit trees, having a little bit of a seizure, then trying to figure out what it is, and then she levels up and then gives old boy a body. Basically <laughs> fulfilling what fulfilling what her mom was trying to do in the time before. It would have been the perfect story, to be honest. Right, exactly. And I also don't understand the significance of Kiri's seizure, right? Like I understand it's like, okay, they were teeing it up like, all right, she did it once and it's threatened her life. She's clearly going to do it again and something's going right. to happen. Yeah, she and something's going to happen. So, and like, nothing happens. Yeah, it's going to be the next movie, happened. probably. It's probably going to be the next movie. <laughs> of course, yeah. Because they, cause they, cause they, did, they did film this one and the next one back to back. So I'm, I'm thinking about that the same way we can almost think about Endgame or like Infinity War and Endgame where it's kind of two halves of the same story. So, don't you dare! But don't they don't. But they didn't present it like that. They, <laughs> they did not. They did not like present that. it like that. They did not you, present it like that. Why did you have a three-hour movie and right. leave so many like threads untied? Right. right. So like you've got so many threads going in so many different directions. Like the colonel is still alive. Why right. did Spider save him? That's the only impact that he had. Why did Natiri literally threaten to kill him? And then he decides to jump back in the water and come right, right back to the family that literally just threatened to kill him. Right. Yes. You know, like, yeah, why Why didn't Kiri have a seizure? You know, like, where? where is Jake Sully's family going to go? You know, they, like, kind of, only kind of touch on, like, why they're actually othered from other tribes and, and from the rest of the Na'vi and, like, what it is about them that makes them hi- hybrid. What do they call them? Not hybrids, but, Demon like, bloods. mixed. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, ooh, ooh. I mean, ooh. You know, it's a little, yeah. it's a little sus, but it turns out it's just a thing. Like, there's so many threads that they have going here that it's like, I feel like the next movie is going to be just as unfocused. It could Oof. go in many different ways. Oof. And the more we talk I mean, about it, like the way I, the films I compare it to, and again. I'm not saying either the like I'm not saying these films are quality films, but I, I go back and think of the Transformer films, right? Like the first <laughs> yeah. one had like a semi believable story, right? It's like yeah. okay, Transformer yeah. haven't been here before, came to the Earth looking for this thing that has been hidden. All right, cool. Megatron was like the first one crashed here a long time ago. Okay, cool. But then the second one is like, oh no, they've really been here forever. They made the pyramids. It's like what? <laughs> and the second there's whole these wait, there's a whole like evil dude like way off in the distance. And then the yeah. third one gets even more ridiculous. Like oh now we're they were on the moon. Not, now and, we got like, gorillas. <laughs> right, and now right getting to the point now there's gorillas in the most recent one. Like come on, like bro, where are we going? Like the first story made sense, believable, good. That movie's is all time film. People love that. Great. The second one, it's like, well, okay, where, where are we going here? Where are we going? Are we are we going the Transformers route where we're literally only watching this to, you know, potentially see Optimus Prime heroic speech? Like, <laughs> give give me some substance, please. The the potential is there. Pandora yeah. Pandora is a great world that can absolutely be built upon, and yeah. they hinted at Fire Navi in the next one. You can do that right, please. They did a good job of showing that the water culture is very different. Yeah. I'm sure the fire culture is going to be different. Dive yeah. deep into that. Do not bring in, you know, fighter jets in the next one for the humans. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, no, it's going to be some then, weird. What, what's what's the animal version of of the crab for fire? <laughs> it's going to be some crab machine, but fire. Oh right. my god! I mean, they literally had crab machine. I was yeah. like, it's going really, to be a, it's going to be a dragon really? breathing fire. That's what it's going to be. It's a crab <laughs> machine. <laughs> Like so dumb. <laughs> I do. I do hate. Like speaking. Speaking of like why that crab machine was there. It was there because they were mining the the whales like little brain juices. Yeah. And you, and you're right. Like we talked. They talked about it for. I mean, in the course of almost 20 three seconds. and a half hours. Yeah. Twenty, 20 seconds. seconds, bro. And I was like, wait. So what happened to the rock? They're not going after the rock anymore. And like, right. yeah. And, and why? I, I also didn't understand how they came back and. 
colonized even quicker. Like I was like, what? Yeah, like, I mean, you guys I mean, be prepared because it's, it's, it's a military operation rather than a corporation. But even like it's all loosely explained, right? It's it's one sentence in the beginning of I'm now tasked with taking over this planet for you know because the Earth is dying. You know now I'm running the show, corporal right. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but then Colonel. can we talk about the scale of the rocket when it came down and took out like with its flames and like a thousand feet tall <laughs> mother that was, tree? That was that was gorgeous. That it was ju- I mean, go- it was beautiful. Lo- that but was amazing. Great CGI. It just took it out like it was nothing. Yeah. But then these people come out in like a little crab like <laughs> machine that's as big as a car. You know what I mean? How big was this rocket? And also huge, they're huge. talking about the fact that humans want to come and like they they're running away from Earth because we've destroyed it. So now they're coming to Pandora and the first thing you do is bust down an entire village, an entire tree. You're just destroying the land just to just to live there. Like that? How does that make sense? It doesn't oh, make cool. sense. A, You're not no, trying it, to live with the locals. It, it, no, it makes, it's colonialism. It's, it makes the perfect sense. Oh, yeah, and that, right. and and I get there. <laughs> yeah, and they're trying right. to play off that social commentary, but like. If you're gonna play off it, go deeper. Like, yeah, really, yeah. like call that out. Don't just yeah. like hint at it and then be like, yeah, maybe they'll get it. It's like, no, like make that about the story. Make that be about the right. story that humans are destroyed their planet and they haven't learned and are coming and they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. They said right. it in the first one, but like, it, it, yeah, it, it's it, it, Melissa is exactly like you said. There's all these loose little threads and half-baked story ideas and paths they could have gone down that they just kind of went halfway on everything, put it all together, and called it all. <laughs> and the one thing they really did commit to was telling the same exact story <laughs> a second time. Hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> Last time I checked, all three of us went and goes, went and saw it in the theaters, did we yeah. not? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but how, how many of us went a second time? None, it doesn't matter. If, it what? doesn't matter if it breaks two billy. Right? Who's making money? Not us. <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked, we gave them our that movie again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> not for three D. Uh, not me. I got. Right, I got. Well, it, I got a question. And this okay. this one this one we might cut out because it's ridiculous. But what what has more loose ends? This film or Marvel Phase Four? Oh, bro! Don't. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, Marvel man. Phase 4, simply because this film was only 3 hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> Marvel oh, had 157 <laughs> hours of unconnected content <laughs> nonsense, bro. Is it really that we, long? And for our listeners, we made a She-Hulk episode, but just like the show, it was just so nonsensical and just gibberish. <laughs> we couldn't even put it out. We had the common. We had the common. No, 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 no. We had the common courtesy to not put that out there and put our label on it. Marvel, however, did not. They said, "No, we're gonna put our name." She Hulk. We thought this is a good idea right here. But I, yeah. Full disclosure, y'all. I didn't even watch it, so I didn't participate in the podcast. And guess what? That's hours of your life well spent. Unlike, thank you. And that I, I could just foresee. I could just foresee it. That's yeah. the same reason I didn't watch the live action um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh. I just knew I can't watch it. It's going to ruin a either. lot of things for me. And they're making and they're making another one, and I might I might hurt somebody. But why are you destroying a classic? We did get an announcement for the next animated Avatar series. It is going to be an Earth Avatar following Korra. Apparently, it might that. be set in more of like a modern time. So we'll see how that, that goes. It is by the original creators, Avatar Studios, Mike and Brian. So okay, looking forward to and that again, coming out. And again, for our listeners, that is Avatar The Last Airbender. The Correct. Avatar. cartoon show that was on Nickelodeon, not the Blue People. So Not the Blue People. We, not again, a live action. And again, we've been going back and forth throughout the pod. So apologies if you get lost <laughs> in between that. But we just really love anything named avatar it just connects with us so we just we got to sprinkle it in there all right guys any final thoughts here before we move on to our listeners question i've said enough yeah oh well no we have not said enough this film we could easily keep going about the nonsense on this but true yes I, so I our listeners hold, don't have to off. sit through another three hours of avatar talk. Right. we're already at an hour we gotta cut it, down. <laughs> right. we'll cut it here. 
All right, we'll go on to our listeners' questions. And again, this is our segment of the podcast where we love to hear from you guys, our listeners, um, reaching out, asking us questions and want us to answer. Um, and so this one is from Padme Mamadala. She has <laughs> been kind enough to ask a question in some of our previous episodes. And Padme asks, why must they be all so long? Why don't the movies have intermissions? And so in talking with Padme about this, it, it she was talking about movies in general, but I guess for this one, it's like, why is it three hours and 12 minutes? And my initial answer to that is, I don't know. It didn't need to be. There easily could have cut out 45 minutes, but what do you guys, why? What is the point of making this film so long, guys? I don't know. I think it's it's just the inability to be concise. Ooh. I mean, mm. we've we've Ooh. talked about so many different routes that this movie was trying to go into and we see the result of that. We see the result of having all of these sentences that have been started and unfinished. Um and there's been there was so much detail they couldn't just be more concise. Um, I mean, we listen to um, conversations and interviews with other directors um, from the Marvel franchise who say, you know, we had over four hours of content that we filmed for this movie that was cut down to an hour and a half. Having mm-hmm. a lot of content is not abnormal when it comes to cinematography and when it comes to filming, that's that's part of making sure that you get every angle you can possibly get, every line of story that you haven't quite decided if you're going to do that. That's where we get deleted scenes from. Um, but when it comes to editing and sometimes directing as well, we need to be a little bit more concise. Or I think it would be a great idea to start having intermissions. Like, nobody wants to really go into a theater thinking about when's the last time I peed? Do I do it now? Or do I wait? Can I drink during the movie? At what time during the movie can I start drinking so I can make it through the end until I have to pee? And then the line that comes out of the... Like, it's too much. And I think it's a beautiful thing that we used to get, you know, a lot in classic movies that I think should actually absolutely be brought back. Um, We see it in a lot of um, stage productions in musicals and plays and everything but that also requires for there to be some sort of climactic point in the middle of the story that then allows you to kind of hang on to that edge almost a cliffhanger um and then have that intermission that people can come back to that requires forethought um and I don't know that we necessarily have been doing that in today's society and cinema. And I think that it actually would be really interesting to have that come back. I think it's a good idea. And that's where I'd actually, you know, want to ask a follow-up question on that is, you know, given the way movies are going and the emergence of streaming, right? Like mm. theaters are very much going out of business. And so mm-hmm. the days of us going down to sit and watch a film are numbered. Um, and so I think, look, potentially that does open it up for people. Yeah. Why don't you make this movie the four hour version, right? People, you know, who are big and follow DC love the Zack Snyder, uh, justice league version. That's four Hmm. hours. Right. And you can almost at home, break it up. However you want. They actually laid it out. It's like, Hey, look, watch the first 40 minutes here. If you need to get up, there's a little break here. Right. And maybe it would be beneficial for some of these directors and easier for them. Yeah. Keep it whole, keep some of that large content in there. Um, downside, it may put all theaters out of business. Cause you know, I was at the movie theater for five hours for this film, but not because the <laughs> film was five hours, but you know, timing and a whole bunch of other things, but you don't really want to spend the whole day at the movie theater, but yeah, they're getting kind of phased out. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if, yeah, if that's the way they go. But Anthony, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I, I think... if you sorry, go ahead. No, if, go ahead. if you don't mind me saying really quick, I think that's why there's a difference between the theatrical cut and the director's cut. Mm. Right. There's right. there's room for for both of those, and we've seen successfully in the past that people enjoy both versions. But you don't release the director's cut the first time in the theater and have a movie that's over three hours long. Right. Like you have right. your theatrical cut and then people who want to dive deeper in, then they go 
buy the director's cut. That's where you get your second wave of money. You know what I'm saying? So I think see, that there's... See, but not unless the first one is just complete garbage. <laughs> I'm going to be upset. Then they need to stop, if, they need to stop the making garbage one. versions. <laughs> I was like, if the first one's garbage and I get the second one, it's like, oh, well, where was all of this? I'm going to be upset. Yeah, Anthony, yeah, yeah. go ahead and go. Yeah, uh, I, I am 100% an advocate for intermissions. Um, I, I tend to, to want longer movies because I like being immersed in the world. And that comes from my love for books. Uh, and some of the friends that I talk to, they also really enjoy books and book series. And the movie adaptations of those tend to fall short because they lack the time to flesh out all the details that makes the world so fun to live in. Um, and I think maybe as a counterpoint to Alex, you saying that theaters are going out, uh, which they are, um, or at least it appears that they are, if you restructured maybe how movies are and you allowed for a longer, more theatrical production and had an intermission, then now going to the theater is about immersing yourself in the world. And so going for the whole day isn't a drag, it's the point. And that's mm. why you go to the theater is because it's a six hour, I mean, maybe not six hours, but like it's <laughs> a four, it's a four hour experience on a big like screen that. with the big speakers with your popcorn that you can actually eat all of it because it's four hours long, not two. Um, and you have time to get up and and like have a break and talk about stuff in between that. Like if maybe movies were shot in that way, uh, and and Melissa, you were saying that, you know, you need to have kind of an end climactic point before intermission. Um, I, I don't know that there isn't already a way to find that in the way that films are done right now. Like they're already kind of have, they have points for like commercial breaks already. Whether or not it's it's planned as much anymore due to streaming being more popular, I'm not sure. Um, but there were already places where you know things could get broken up for commercials. But I'm an advocate for for intermissions, uh, and so I, I would like to see longer movies if they are done well. This one makes me think that I don't want longer movies because if this is how longer movies are going to be, it's not worth it. Um, going back to the original question, uh, why is this so long? I I think. Yeah, they just didn't want to cut anything out. Uh, I don't remember who said this, but it's kind of a a whole general philosophy, is uh, if I had more time, I would have written less. And that's kind Mm. of going to Mm. the whole point about being concise. It's just interesting that, you know, so much time was spent developing the technology to film the thing uh, and, like, train the actors and all of that. But the story seemingly was written relatively quickly, at least in comparison to everything else. And so I wonder if more time was invested into that, if it would have been a shorter, better story that better sets up the rest of the films. I, I mean, maybe the, ver- the verdict is still out until we get the rest of the films. I don't think so. Um, but I, I am interested to see if the other stories, the, the subsequent stories that are told, follow in the same sort of loose, unrefined format. I hope not, but we'll see. Right. Okay. Heard. All right, well, any other final thoughts here before we go ahead and wrap this up? Wrap it up. Get us out of here. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Please reach out to us at the Seacast Podcast on Twitter uh, with any questions, comments, movie suggestions. If you want to hop on the pod and come talk about a film with us, more than welcome. Please, please uh, let us know what you guys are thinking. if Twitter's not your thing and you're more analog and you just like emails, hit us up at thecastpodcast at gmail.com. We do read those as well uh, for all of you older viewers. Um, that will conclude our episode on Avatar The Way of Water. Stay tuned for our next episode.